in America. And living in America is exactly what we are going to be talking about now with our first guest. I'm delighted to be joined by uh, May Lee on the line from Los Angeles. May is a journalist, executive producer and host of The May Lee Show. And May worked in Hong Kong for uh, several broadcasters uh, and also in Singapore for many, many years. So May, welcome to the program. Hi, Karen. It's so good to be with you. Yes, and thank you for staying up late in L.A. to talk to me today. Yeah, I know. There's a big time difference, but uh, only for you, Karen. Only for you. Oh, you're sweet. Okay, we've got a lot of things to talk about in, in the U.S. I mean, tomorrow's the 4th of July. It's supposed to be a great day of celebration. But if we start with the COVID-19 situation in the U.S., um, I, I read this morning that on Wednesday, cases in the U.S. hit over 50,000, and it seems to be getting worse, not better in many states. What's going on? Yeah, we are definitely going the wrong way, uh, and it's only getting worse. And actually, as of today, you know, we had 54,000 cases, so it's, it's, it keeps going up. Um, we were doing okay for a while, but then the country started opening up again and uh, not really following the guidelines that the CDC and the White House had actually put out in terms of how to reopen. And it was done hastily and piecemeal, uh, state by state, region by region, and, you know, didn't follow the rules. And so here we are with more COVID cases than ever before, and it's only getting worse. And it seems bizarre in a way that, um, you know, you say people are not following the rules. Are they not worried about getting sick? I mean, is there really so little concern about health that they would rather go out in big crowds and, and circulate with each other? Well, you know, it's, it's a mystery in many ways. I mean, I think it's a combination of a couple things. Um, one is, yeah, there's this feeling of um, being, having been pent up for too long, right? In shelter in place, quarantine. And so it, it's, it's this idea of, oh, my God, I've got to get out. And so people were willing the risk, thinking that they were making a calculated risk. But what happened is that once they got that freedom, it's as if, they forgot that there was still a pandemic going on. It's as if they thought, oh, it's over. Oh, it's opening up. So we can just kind of get back to normal. When we all know there is no normal right now and, and there's not going to be a normal for a very long time. And then, you know, the politicization of the masks right. in the U.S. I know that sounds so ridiculous to the rest of the world, but here in the U.S., for some reason, the mask wearing has become politicized. So therefore, if you don't wear a mask, then you are right wing and you're, you know, exercising your freedom, uh, you know. But if you wear a mask, then, you know, you're left wing. I mean, it, it has become such a ridiculous debate. Um, and you look at it from a bigger picture view, which is, no, 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 this is not a political issue. This is a health issue. And this virus does not care what party you support. Uh, it, it only cares about trying to kill you. Right. And for some reason, people aren't grasping that idea and grasping onto the more of the idea of this freedom and I have my rights. Uh, well, 
you know what? The virus doesn't care if you have rights or not. It, it's going to kill you regardless. Yeah. So that that is where the disconnect is happening as well. Um, it, I mean, it's so interesting the way you say that wearing a mask has become politicized, which just seems bizarre to us here in Asia, where people have pretty much universally, you know, wearing masks, especially in Hong Kong. I mean, the, the other right. thing that we're also hearing stories about is uh, about racism towards Asians in the U.S. Um, tell us more about what's going on with that. Yeah, that has been an ongoing problem since the beginning, and I've actually been talking about this on my show since February uh, because it started happening early on. Uh, you know, people started blaming China for the virus. And, you know, yes, we all admit uh, it did originate in China. But in a twisted way, it became a reason to be racist against anyone of Asian origin. So, for instance, someone like me, I'm Korean-American, second generation, but I'm still the target of racism because they just make that general, you know, sweeping generality thinking all Asians are the same and all of you brought this virus. And so the xenophobia has only worsened. Um, a new report by AAPI uh, Stop Hate, which is a group that is tracking all the hate crimes against Asians. It's now reported over 2,000 cases of assault, either verbal or physical assault. And these assaults have gone from everything from just verbal racist slurs thrown at people to actual physical assault where you know, people have been knifed, people have been attacked, um, a woman got acid thrown on her head. Wow. So it's it's pretty extreme. And unfortunately, Karen, it's not getting any better. It certainly didn't help when President Trump started calling the, you know, flu, uh, the virus Chinese virus. Mm -hmm. And now he's now he's moved on to Kung flu. Oh, and he has said that publicly several times. So that's just inflaming you know, the racism, and it's also normalizing the racism. And so that certainly hasn't helped the situation at all. Uh, pretty, pretty amazing, especially, you know, you're on in Los Angeles, which is quite a diverse city. There are a lot of Asians there. There are. There's a huge uh, number of Asians. But, you know, just for instance, in the city of Torrance, which is a suburb, you know, outside of L.A., uh, there have been uh, racial incidents that have gone very, very public. Um, in fact, some of these videos went viral of this woman who has been attacking Asian Americans in the city of Torrance. And, um, you know, that case has been ongoing. In fact, just today, the city prosecutor decided that he was only going to charge her with one misdemeanor charge of battery. Uh, but the racist sort of assault, the verbal assault against the two other victims, he's dismissing. So that you know, is obviously not sitting well with the Asian American community. And it's making us feel as if we're being completely dismissed and our grievances aren't being taken seriously. So it's it's a really volatile time, Karen. I mean, even in a, in a place like L.A. where, yes, there's a lot of diversity and yet there's a there's a lot of division as well. Mm. Um, of course, the other uh, area where we've seen division is um, the the follow up to the killing of George Floyd, you know, the huge social backlash and and the fire under the Black Lives Matter movement. And of course, right. we have seen 
some real impact from, ex- example, companies dropping product names that they now acknowledge as racist, like Aunt Jemima, uh, bands yep. like the Dixie Chicks dropping Dixie from their name, the Washington Redskins right. being asked to change their name, and then, of course, all the Confederate uh, generals' statues being taken down or, or being asked to taken down. So mm-hmm. where does it go next? I mean, how, how long do you think th- these actions are going to keep going? Well, I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon, to be honest. I, I really feel like, and a lot of, you know, obviously activists and historians have been saying the same thing, which is that this feels very different this time around. Uh, I think the, the Black Lives Matter movement and the, you know, the, the racism, the systemic racism that has existed for centuries in this country, it's all finally coming to a tremendous head that can't be ignored this time. And so that's why I think you're seeing this incredible wave of support. Um, And that's why you saw tens of thousands of people marching on the streets everywhere in every city and every state, um, even around the world, right? Mm. Because this is a monumental shift in the way that racism is finally being viewed as such a deep-rooted issue that has gone largely ignored uh, to the point where no, you know, real change was happening. But now that, you know, this movement, it has such strong support, corporations and governments and leadership, they can't help but pay attention and really try to, um, you know, implement real change. Uh, now, how long will it last? I'm, you know, it's anybody's guess. But certainly this feels different in the way that I think this generation, especially the younger generation, they I've never seen them so active and I've never seen a younger generation so vocal. It's almost like the civil rights movement, right, Mm. of the 60s. And that's how people are comparing it. The civil rights movement was really pushed by young people, right? These were young activists pushing for civil rights. So this may be you know, another time in our history where there's going to be real change and permanent change. Let's hope. Yeah, exactly. No, I think you're absolutely right. The young people um, really are educating themselves, taking action, raising money, donating um, in a way that perhaps the old generation would just sort of think about it a little bit, have a discussion at home and not really do anything. Right, exactly. It's like you all talk, no action. But this time you're seeing a lot of action And I think, you know, again, on the corporate level, government, um, you know, and other institutions, they're they're very well aware of this movement that they have to take seriously Uh, because, you know, it's going to affect their bottom line, too. Right. And and that that, you know, makes everyone always pay a little bit more attention. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Like the boycott of Facebook. Right. The companies are pulling out until they make some changes in terms of how they disseminate their information. That's another thing that's happening. So there's a lot of pressure on all fronts that's taking place right now. Okay, so all of these events are taking taking place, of course, against the backdrop of this year's presidential election, um, (laughs) which is really just, you know, after a while, it's hard to keep watching uh, day-to-day because it's just an overwhelming amount of... of, um, you know, noise coming out of it. What you're what is, telling me? Yeah, yeah. What, what's happening now? <laughs> Which way is the tide turning now? Well, it's 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 very very interesting what's happening right now because the tide actually really is turning. Um, 
uh, again, I, I, I hate to keep saying this, but I've, I've never seen anything like this um, in terms of elections and and political, you know, sort of season. Um, it has changed so dramatically in terms of Donald Trump losing so much steam and so much support in a very short period of time. And that uh, can, you know, be associated with his mishandling of covid so far in the U.S. Um, it wasn't until two days ago or no, it was only yesterday. He finally said, oh, yeah, you know, you should wear a mask. Uh, up right. until then, he kept on saying, no, no mask. I don't wear a mask. Don't need to. So that has definitely hurt uh, his support, uh, his handling, mishandling of covid. Um, and then, you know, in terms of Black Lives Matter, the when he dispersed the protesters, the peaceful protesters in Washington with tear gas, you know, and rubber bullets so that he could cross the street and take a picture in front of a church with a Bible mm. that he lost a lot of people, a lot of support then. And now there's this Russia uh, bounty story where Russia was pay paying bounties to kill U.S. soldiers and allies in Afghanistan. So it's mounting all of this, all of these, you know, different stories and, and different missteps. It's finally building to the point where he's even losing Republican support. Um, just recently, a pact was created, a new pact, political pact by George W. Bush's old campaign managers and supporters in his campaign. Mm. They created a pact to support Joe Biden. Really? Now that says a lot. That says a lot. And so when you see that kind of momentum shifting, that's pretty telling. Now, we all know that you can't, you know, base anything too early and make final decisions too early because that's what happened during 2016. Exactly. Everybody thought that Hillary Clinton, you know, had it. It was going to be a landslide. Well, you know, we were all proven wrong. And so this time around, even though the, you know, the research shows that Biden is ahead by double digit points right now and he's doing very well, he's raising more money right now than Donald Trump every month. But everybody's warning, but don't relax. Mm. You cannot relax because you never know. We have four months to go before November. You never know what could happen. Yeah, four months is a long, long time in politics. It is. It is a long time. And listen, I remember election night in 2016, right? Up, even up until then, we all thought, oh, this is going to go Hillary's way. And then slowly but surely, we saw what happened. So up until the last minute, you cannot... You know, you can't make any conclusions until all the votes are counted. <laughs> exactly. Well, May, um, all I can say is thanks for giving us this update of what's happening in the U.S. Um, I hope tomorrow's a happy 4th of July somehow and you get to well, celebrate. Yeah, you know, 4th of July is going to be very different this year. Um, you know, a lot of the fireworks uh, shows have been canceled because they they don't want big crowds to gather. So that's that's going to be very different. And basically, you know, many cities and governors or you know, mayors uh, are saying, just stay home, mm. just stay home for the 4th. And yeah. that's that's basically the message right now. Well, uh, hopefully some people will listen and those numbers, those COVID numbers will come down. So let's um, hope, Karen. Stay yeah. safe. And May, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been great talking to you.
You're so welcome. It was great talking to you too. All right. Take care.